0: guests today are Chip Linehan, Sandra Mamouches, Felice Hybert, and Brent Johnston. Welcome. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Hi. Hi. So would you go ahead and let our listeners know um, where you came from, what the work is that you all are doing, and what brought you to the Aurora Institute this year?
2: Uh, So my name is Chip Linehan, I'm the co-executive director of Building 21. Uh, We are based in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and we are here at the Aurora Institute um, to learn from and with other innovative personalized schools that are working to develop unique pathways for students to be successful.
3: Mm -hmm. I'm Sandra Mamuches from Building 21 also, I'm the Chief Instructional Designer uh, and we are knee deep in this work and so we came to share some of the learnings that we've had and also hear where everybody else is and learn from others as we try to move the work forward great
0: uh brent johnson i'm a curriculum coordinator in kankakee illinois at kankakee high school Mm -hmm. Um, i help with the cbe program there and i'm here to learn and to uh to let people know our journey
4: great and I'm Felice Hybert, Assistant Superintendent, Curriculum and Instruction, Kankakee School District 111, and I'm here to engage in a community of practice with people that think like us and feel like us and are engaged in this really, really heavy lift mm-hmm. of empowering
2: students.
1: So where are you all in that journey and in that work with your schools and districts?
2: Very early. <laughs> I mean, actually, like, you know, we've been, speaking from Building 21, so we've been at this um, for six years now. Yeah. So uh, the, our first school opened in the fall of 14, our second lab school, we call it, opened in the fall of 15, and then three years later, we started taking on affiliate partners like Kankakee. Mm-hmm. Um, so despite having worked on this for six years, I feel like it's still relatively early mm-hmm. in reimagining what school can look like from a competency-based perspective from a personalized learning perspective as well as from candidly like from a relationships and sort of student connection Mm -hmm. perspective so you know those are all areas that we're pushing on hard failing as much as we're succeeding but learning a lot along the way
4: and for um, Kankakee School District we're really early in the work so we are three years into the work it feels like it's been 23 years (laughs) in terms of the time and all the learning that's occurred Um, but we're really babies in 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 this process we started um, with about a year and a half of planning Mm -hmm. just policies and procedures we started last year with all of our freshmen entering kinky high school and this year it's all of our freshmen and all of our sophomores
0: so one thing that i read about your session you have these Uh, five domains that you're focusing on. Uh, Could you explain a little bit about what those are?
3: You know, we believe that this work starts with the adults. So if we Mm -hmm. want to change outcomes for kids, we spend a lot of time deciding, you know, trying to really figure out what students need to know and be able to do to be successful in the world. And those are a mix of academic and non-academic competencies and things like growth mindset and perseverance and all of those things. Mm -hmm. But we can't change outcomes for kids until we change how the adults think and really engage with the work and so really shifting adult mindsets doing that work with the adults in the building having them really you know engage with thinking about their beliefs about school and setting the stage for them to be able to persevere and fail without like safely right and also create the time and space for them to collaborate and really learn this work and so that's where this has started for us
1: we've talked with a lot of districts and a lot of schools that you know s- embark upon moving towards company-based or personalized learning um, and I think a trend I've noticed is what you're saying about the adults come first is new like 10 years ago people weren't saying that about initiating a competency-based education so do you think that that was a lesson you learned from others and can you talk a little bit about about that about why you decided that that was maybe the most important place to start yeah, I definitely think it was a lesson we learned. I th- we we knew it going
3: into it. Right. You know, we were really committed to adult development and we we laid the foundation for that. But when you get into the work, yeah. it seems like, you know, you're dealing with putting out fires and trying uh-huh. to, you know, <laughs> oh do yeah. all the other stuff that it gets put to the back burner. Mm-hmm. And one of our learnings is, you know, when things go wrong, your tendency is to go back to what you know, mm-hmm. right? And and what's comfortable and what's safe. And so we realized we need to do more work where where the adults feel safe, right? And the adults mm. feel like if things are going wrong or if things are getting hard, it's okay. It's part of the process. And what does it look like to be, you know, part of the design and, you know, not having all the answers but being comfortable sort of making mistakes, figuring it out and right. moving forward. And so, we, you know, we really tried to... S- to carve more time out across all of our schools to do that work and we actually just developed so we've had student competencies right. for you know from the day we started we just developed teacher competencies last year that to sounds. around 5 domains that right. we feel are really important and if te- if we can get teachers to do these things in these competencies then that's what's going to
4: help them be successful in the schools great And the work really empowers the adults that are involved. So just as much as there's agency and voice and choice for students, there is agency and voice and choice for the adults that are involved in the work. So we see almost as much of an impact on students as we do for the adults that are involved in the work. Teachers are getting their passion back. Mm. They're being able to um, be validated for what they've always kind of known should happen in classrooms. Um, They are empowered to perfect their craft, which just as much as empowers students and empowers our teachers.
0: I feel like education actually is meaningful again. I mean, when you ask people, what's high school for, it's to prepare you for life. But the reality is that for decades it's really been to prepare you for college Mm -hmm. and if you weren't on that track then you're really in this little limbo spot for four years just trying to work your way through and and you know with the redesign and the systems that we're putting in place in Kankakee with our academies with the competencies and with our career pathways it we're trying to get it back to a point where every kid in our school thinks that school matters that it's important to them
2: I think back, like, when we started six years ago, there was such an emphasis on tools, you know, and yes. not an emphasis yes. on, like, crafts people, craftsmen mm-hmm. and craftswomen, women. And, like, and I think that, like, I absolutely agree. Like, we, when we set out, we said relationships lie at the foundation of everything that we do. Um, and there was particularly an emphasis on relationships with kids. And I think the more that we got into it, we understood that we could have the best tools in the world, the best ideas, the best competencies, the best continuum, but fundamentally, we needed to address the mindset of adults and support significant change management because we were all students once, right? Like, mm-hmm. So we've all experienced school, not only as teachers, but also as consumers and as students. And so that's a big shift to make. And so making that investment, I think it's been a big learning for us, and that's one where you, know, you had asked earlier about where are we in the process okay. it still feels early you know it, it still feels like we're opening up you know layers of that onion and unpacking like ways to think about that adaptive work mm-hmm. beyond sort of the tools and the, the technologies um, and the technical aspect but really more like supporting the adults and making this happen making this a reality
4: mm-hmm. and someone said today in an earlier session um, that if you empower your teachers and empower your educators, they kind of stay the course as other people go, and so that really hit home to me because I think as you know, as administrators in a school district, you know, your life, your, your shelf life is not that long. You know, it's three to five years, and then people kind of move on. But yet, your teachers are sometimes there for you know, 15 years, mm-hmm. 20, 20 years, 30 mm-hmm. yep. years, and so if you can empower them to really make the change and advocate for the change, then the change sticks and it doesn't become such an initiative that well, when this superintendent leaves, you know, this too shall pass
0: right right and, and you know we're, we're making the structure but the people are actually doing all of the work are the teachers yes. so if they're not on board if they aren't feeling that passion then mm-hmm. then you really have nothing
4: yes you have compliance right, right.
2: so
0: one of the questions uh, one of the answers you said a second ago was about feeling that it's still all new even if it's been six years do you ever think that feeling is gonna go away
2: I hope. I hope it does. (laughs) Um, You know, yes and no. I mean, I think it. I I think this is a like absolutely a journey, not a destination. I don't think there is a solution. There is no silver bullet. There is no if we just did A, B, C, D, and E, we'll get there. I think it's this is really like this ultimately is like a deeply human endeavor Mm -hmm. to figure out how to create um, schools that help develop young people's potential i mean that just i mean to say it it's like awe-inspiring right and so no i don't think we'll ever be done and i think in some ways that's one of the things i love about it is it does feel new and challenging sometimes that's exhausting but it's also invigorating
3: i also think the world is changing at a pace that we've really never experienced before and so you know six years ago the ideas we have you know we're still we're we're changing them because the world is changing and so I do think this is always going to be a journey that we're going to have to continue to adapt and evolve and and meet the demands of the the society we live in and the problems that we're facing and so you know I don't know that there is an end right or like Mm -hmm. we'll get to a place and we'll say yes we're done this is it. I don't I just don't know that that exists
4: Mm -hmm. and if you think about the evolution of education I mean six years is literally a tiny blip and then on on that screen so I think that that's important to think about it took a long time to get us where we are now and it's going to continually evolve from there
1: so can you talk a little bit about your relationship how this partnership um, between the school district and uh, building 21 happened yes
4: So I can say that um, probably the best thing that Building 21 ever did was have um, open resources Mm -hmm. because that's actually how I found them. So I started to um, research competency-based education, and um, I started reading some blogs. I started reading um, some competency work blogs that had mentioned a visit to Building 21, and there was a hyperlink in the blog to Building 21. So I clicked on it, saw their open resources, saw their framework. It really it fit in with my own personal pedagogy and belief system around kids, so I decided to reach out to them, and um, miraculously, somebody called me back. Tom <laughs> called me back and said, "So tell me more about what you're doing." And um, from there, it was just it was just a perfect fit in terms of philosophies and um, personalities, and we were all moving towards that same end goal, and um, we felt like we could really learn from what they've had. They put in place and they had tried. So um, we met with them a couple times. They came to actually work in um, Illinois at the state level a couple times. And from there, we were able to kind of partner, and then it built into more of them accepting us as an affiliate and they are our go-to people I mean I have them on speed dial text any any questions that we have like how do we problem-solve through this how do we find the work around this I mean they are val invaluable and so valuable
0: Yeah, we would not be where we're at now without building 21 I feel like you know a lot of things get implemented in in education and in schools around us and with their support, instead of kind of having it partially implemented, I feel like we have a good two year implementation going on. And I think it's it's meaningful and thorough. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I mean it's nice that every ten minutes I can slack Sandra or Tom <laughs> or say, Hey, help me with this <laughs> and and so I don't think that everyone has that opportunity and and so if you don't have that opportunity then what do you do? You 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 learn through trial and error. Right. And We have the benefit of knowing the best pathway based upon their experiences.
3: And I feel like we failed miserably in this work multiple times in Mm -hmm. multiple ways, and we just want to be able to prevent people from doing (laughs) some of the things (laughs) that we did. You know, honestly, that's kind of, you know, we we share everything, you know, even if it's in a work in progress or, you know, not that great just because, you know, we want, people to be able to have a place to learn and you know if we can prevent people from you know going down some of the roads right. that we did mm-hmm. or not having things in place then great do you think there are
1: inevitable pitfalls
2: yes i would say yes <laughs> i mean i think <laughs> I, look, sure. this is a you know, major change and a major shift in everything that that teachers students families administrators are familiar with so yeah, I think inevitably you're gonna have pitfalls okay. like change management. I think and but but that's not. I don't think we should be. Um, we shouldn't cower in the face of those pitfalls. In some ways, that is the work and that is the opportunity. It's like through addressing those pitfalls, is exactly how we're gonna get where we need to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's addressing them with candor and transparency and openness and owning. And one thing I love about working with Kankakee, and I love the slide, and I didn't know this, that hope was sort of one of your taglines, but like, if you would ask me to say, describe Kankakee in one word, I would say hope, like this just unrelenting optimism and hope and belief in what's possible for young people, and like, that's fantastic. And so facing pitfalls and setbacks with people that have that optimism and hope and positivity it makes all the difference in the world for us. I mean, that's, you know, speaking for myself and Sandra and all of us at Building 21, like that's why we love working with people like Felice and Brent, because of that that positivity and that hope in front of like daunting pitfalls, mm-hmm. it's hard.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And, we, and it inspires us, right? It keeps us, you know, when, when we're feeling down or defeated like we have them to lift us back up and be like but no like and and you know it'll be like in a moment where felice will share like a statistic or brent will tell me like he just flipped a couple of dashboards and it's like oh you know like <laughs> you just i don't know you you know they're they are so optimistic and positive that it i feel like
4: it helps me mm-hmm. stay that way right you know, we or, feel the same for you, for you guys because when we get down and we say oh we don't know how we're going to get through this. They say, listen, we've been there. We had that happen. You know, here's what we learned. Here's here's how you can find the workaround for this. And so I think that that's an important piece of the work is to kind of find your tri- tribe mm-hmm. and find those people around mm-hmm. you. That Because there's multiple times where you're going to feel defeated, and you're going to cry, and you're going to think, you know what? This is way too hard. Let's just go back to how it used to be because this is really difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, being able to to have someone say yeah no you'll get through it mm-hmm. this is you know the work is important yeah
0: it's you know I've been I've been teaching for 24 years and I always like the joke is I feel like I might have my halfway point <laughs> because <laughs> the last two to three years has been so much meaningful work it's meaningful but it's complex right. and yeah. it's trying and redoing and revamping and, and and it's just it without without support I don't know how that's possible mm-hmm.
4: And you have a moral and ethical responsibility now. So I think, like, with the transparency mm. also comes this moral and ethical responsibility. So now you know this, and it is in black and white, so what are you going to do about it? Right. And it makes sometimes it does make the work a little bit easier because now
1: if you don't do anything, you're morally and ethically. But <laughs> right, you're not standing up to what you've put out there as your values. Yes. Well, it sounds like this is a really special partnership and actually a really beautiful model for how other... Practitioners and other learning communities can work together. So I'm really glad to hear that you were able to share your experience here at Aurora and on our podcast with us. Thank you so Thank much. You very much. Thank you much. Thank you. Thank
3: you.